Hello and welcome to the Midwest Mountain Sports Report, where the air is thin and the only coasts are the lake shores. I'm your talking head, Jamie, and joining me this week for the Sports Report is my co-host, Chad. Hey, Chad. How are you? Hey, great, Jamie. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Happy you're here. So, let's kick it off right away. This is a brand new show. We may be brand new hosts to you. However, if you recognize our voices, that's probably from our other show. It's a little podcast called Movie Time Machine. This is a little bit different, but hopefully we'll bring the same energy, the same good vibes, and you'll enjoy the show. So I'll start it off right away. Why do we need the Midwest Mountain Sports Report among a sea of sporting commentators and voices? Great. And the short answer, (laughs) Chad, do, do you have an answer to this question? I don't. I'm waiting for your answer, but that's a great question. That is a great question. And short answer is we don't. You don't need it. But you're going to want it. And here's why. Because how many sporting shows focus exclusively on your hometown teams? You know, ESPN does not do this. The local shows, well, they do this. So, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But there's not a, uh, a, a plethora, right? So, I mean, there's like national or not national, but like broadcast you maybe catch on the radio i mean there's one really maybe a few podcasts out there but yeah nothing that's going to span our range of topics i believe from the rockies to the mississippi <laughs> to the mississippi <laughs> <laughs> and everything in between well and you're right and actually for me this is kind of where this all started um i write a sports report blog amateur opinions from my couch and it really just started because I've been a lifelong Rockies fan and as you know they're not exactly the most storied franchise however they would have good players good years we finally got our first um, inductee into the Hall of Fame uh, with Larry Walker so it's they just were not talked about especially when they had great games and I found that to be incredibly frustrating so I figured, well, if I'm talking about them, at least someone will be outside of Colorado. All right. <laughs> I wonder if that's how uh, people feel about the twins outside of Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so a quick story. Now that you ask, I when my family lived in the Bay Area, my brother's still there. Shout out, Sean. We went to um, a twins Giants game and literally it was uh, and I had my twins ball cap on. A guy and his girlfriend behind us, she very loudly said, who is this team? And right (laughs) after that, Irvin Santana, our pitcher, by the way, AL playing in an NL ballpark, had a two-run double, and I was laughing my ass off in the stands in front of her. So that was a proud (laughs) moment. Twins went on to win the game. Chad, I guess let's start with a weekly recap. This is kind of just super informal. What did you watch this weekend and how do you feel about it? I watched. So, of course, I watched um, the Vikings Cardinals game, which um, at first was surprised because it was an afternoon game. Then finally, I was like, oh, of course it is, because it's a road game for the Vikings in Arizona. But didn't watch all of that. I caught, you know, I feel like I caught like the important plays. I kind of had the broadcast playing in my pocket, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me more about that. How, how, what's the life of a of a football fan as a parent? 
in a full house? You know, I, what I do usually with the NFL season now is I just kind of passively watch weeks one through four because mm-hmm. I still fit. I mean, the the what you have in that first quarter of the season or first quarter plus one now with 17 games on the schedule is that's kind of like the setup, right? It's almost like kind of like a second preseason, if you will. Um, yeah. I think a lot of change can happen. Things can change after that. Um, teams are still kind of finding their way a little bit, um, unless they're like elite teams. But I think that's also rare. But um, yeah, as a parent, it's it's a little harder. Um, I do watch a lot of games on my phone. Uh, thank you, Xfinity Stream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that. So that's how I catch most of my games, actually. If it's like maybe you know, doing some bedtime routines too. And as they're falling asleep, I'll maybe catch like a Sunday night football, you know, some plays on my phone while we're doing bedtime too, or something like that. But yeah, it's a little harder. Uh, I have to say, um, how do you tackle that challenge? Well, no pun intended. Fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's that early morning energy. So I funny. You should ask. I actually kind of go over this in my column this week, which you can find at midwestmountainsports.home.blog. But um, I I went all in on the Vikings game this weekend. I knew um, I'm lucky if I can watch a full game just because my girls are so young. So I, and luckily this coincided to like the tail end of nap time. So I got like a full half of football uninterrupted. And, um, you know, being courteous to my wife, because she watches a lot of football, I'm sure she cares to not see, I did my watching in the garage on my phone. And that was that was kind of perfect. I could hide out and just kick it and watch the Vikings. They, they actually, they, they played well in spite of the scoreboard. So... Yeah, it was a very it was a very exciting game. It took me by surprise. It was a different team than what we saw in week one. Um, yeah, yeah. I do have to give yeah. a shout out to um, the Target drive up because I went to go pick up a drive up order and I was waiting there forever. So I got to catch a lot of the first part of the game on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Paul Allen before it, it turned. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was, a, you know, I don't know if you want to kind of, well, first, how did your Broncos do? Um, you have one of my kind of favorite quarterbacks. I don't think he's like the best quarterback or an elite quarterback, but I do love Teddy Bridgewater. Tell me how that season's going. Oh, I'm just curious. He is, he is exactly what we need. Let me preface this by saying I need to find a way to watch full Broncos games legally because right now um, it's they're out of market and they haven't had a primetime game. So I've not been able to see a full game. So I'm just kind of relying on highlights and tidbits what I can. But I've I've been waiting for a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater since Peyton Manning. Frankly, I, I think Trevor Simeon, honestly, was the closest we came, but just a competent passer, a guy who's not going to like Drew Locke was so reckless with the football. And granted, he was playing injured for half the season last year. But even so, his decision making was questionable. He would rarely go through all of his reads and 
he would just throw up those like Jameis Winston YOLO balls that, you know, are going to kill your drive before it's even begun. And, you know, it's, it, it was just nice to see first downs and <laughs> watch the play continue, especially when they have, um, a defense as so talented as they are, they they just need to be able to sustain drives to give their guys a break. And sure enough, that paid off with the defense delivering with a pair of picks on Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, it's it's just, I love it. I really love his time here in Minnesota. It was cut short pretty much due to that injury. And um, now we've seen a couple of teams like take a chance on him now afterwards. Yeah. Go yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Go Teddy. Well, and it's it's like it's like that Alex Smith thing, and this has kind of been covered. And you know, just how severe that injury was, and how lucky, and he knows it. How probably lucky and grateful he is to still be playing in the NFL. So it's just it's awesome. It's awesome, awesome. I could not be more thrilled. Yep, as they would always say here, too much time for Teddy. He'll lead you on some nice drives. So he's an accurate quarterback. He yes. just doesn't have like the rocket arm, but. Yeah, but yeah. he had a couple play. He had a long ball to Cortland Sutton that was oh yeah, it was a fifty plus yard play. But you're right. Typically he doesn't do that, but when he does, it's like oh, who's this guy? I like this guy. <laughs> hey, you know what else? I I watched Jamie. I watched a little bit of last night's Monday Night Football. Hmm. But the Packers and the Lions. Yes. Did do you tell. catch any of that? Yeah. Well, I was just hoping that possibly like the Lions would pull one out. And the Packers will start out 0-2 um, as my most hated division rival. Uh-huh. But yeah, I just I saw some f- things in that game, which I feel like is a trend. And not that it's going against teams that I'm rooting for, but just the officiating is I feel like has been pretty bad this year. Um, do you have any have you noticed the same or is it just kind of one of those things with the start of a new season? Um, it's like typical or. Uh, I think that what was going to happen was that they were not going to let the Packers lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to sound like a homer, you know, just to put it bluntly. <laughs> and yeah, for our audience, I can say that without homerism. I've I've laid out the Vikings. They're great, but they are my second team. And I am an Aaron Rodgers fan, which is not a popular opinion in the state of Minnesota. But I will say that in the case of the game last night, it did seem um, very suspect. Some of those calls, I'm thinking of that grounding call. I think that Jared Goff had. Um, oh, the the play that was um, first the fumble, and then right the fumble, yes. then a turnover, yep. and then yep. nope, it's intentional grounding. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they, it was as if they realized real time that wait, that's taking it too far. Let's. It'll still be. A penalty. Let's let him keep the football. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I have no answers for that. Yeah, really quick. Um, if if I can, just the Aaron Rodgers take though. I, I think too. He's a he's a great quarterback, or mm-hmm. not the greatest quarterback though. Because I look back at all the times where I've seen Green Bay lose games because of maybe it's the coaching, but sometimes I think Aaron Rodgers has been in the ear of his coaches, except for last 
year was it? Yeah, last year during that championship game. Yeah, but where they've done stuff where they're throwing, they're doing running pass plays when it's just like all you need to do is run the ball and run out the clock. I remember they did it in that Seattle game, that championship game, which they blew. Was it like was like a seventeen point lead or something? That was like a crazy blow. Like they just totally choked that yeah. one. Um, again, arrogance. I feel like it's it's Aaron Rodgers. Just like this arrogance of like we just gotta like throw the ball and like try to score more. And it's like you got all you gotta do is like run the ball, run out the clock. <laughs> a few seasons ago, I think it was, I think it was that first game of the season. I think this was Kirk Cousins. Oh, was this Kirk Cousins' second game as a Viking and the Packers? had pretty much had the game in hand. They're like down on the five. They could have just ran the ball and they continued to throw it. The clock wasn't moving. And then the Vikings got a couple of possessions in, in the last 90 seconds of the game. And they came back and tied it. Um, granted that neither team won. It was a tie, but that impacted, I think green Bay's chances of getting home field advantage. I think maybe that season. So, just, oh, I yeah, that was a this, weird game. I remember yeah, that now. Yeah, that was... I think both kickers missed, like, multiple field goals in that overtime. <laughs> was that in Minnesota? It was in Green Bay. Oh, okay, so it yeah. wasn't the Minnesota kicker magic affecting Crosby. Okay. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, Daniel Carson, Carlson was the Vikings kicker, and I think they canned him after that week. Now he kicks for That's the right. Las Vegas Raiders, right? That is correct. He's doing fantastic <laughs> things for my fantasy team, by the way. All Daniel right. Carlson. Go DC. But go DC. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So you think that Aaron Rodgers could possibly be more deferential to his um, teammates, specifically running backs? Yeah. And we always joke around, too, like the Green Bay Packers are the ultimate bomb it and get a pass interference call team <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah but not to like take anything from i don't know that the the amount of talent that team has had and not being able to make it to another super bowl is kind of dumbfounding <laughs> you know like I, and so, I think sometimes yeah. i rest on him but what do i, know, I think right? it's fair <laughs> yeah, we're an amateur sports report podcast, right. but I think those are all fair points. And it's, yeah, it makes you wonder if their defense were a bit more like Minnesota, how far they could have possibly gone some of these contests. Oh, so Vikings game, final takeaway. Do, do we want to get into kickers now? I mean, I know it's a well-tread topic, but I just can't think of a more honest assessment of what's actually wrong with Vikings football. Other than kickers. <laughs> Other than kickers. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's the two kicks before that. I mean, I can't I can't remember the kicker's name for the Vikings, but I thought they were pretty damn good kicks. I mean, before that, I think he nailed like a 52 yarder. I mean, yep, he's made some pretty good kicks so far. He uh, is. It He's a good kicker, and I. it's just – it's gotten to this point, though, where it's so – it's so obvious and that 
that monkey on the back of fans is very real. You know, I, I don't think yeah. it's a created or imagined thing. I think it's reached a point where it actually is pretty real. Yeah. And I've maintained sometimes sarcastically, but I'm serious this time. It's, is it so crazy for the Vikings to just get rid of that position altogether until they can win, you know, an NFC championship or the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Right. Just, just nothing but two point conversions and uh, nothing but two point conversions. Yeah. yeah. We're always going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Or punt the ball. And yeah. I, I think people think I'm kidding, but I'm actually quite serious about this. It's this the advanced metrics back it up. And it's one of those things that, you know, the numbers are there, but people don't actually do it. And you have to wonder, too, well, are the numbers actually true? Because nobody actually goes for it. So it's it's this weird theoretical space for me. But what we do know is that the Vikings, you know, I'm, I'm going to get the analytics on how many big kicks they've missed versus compared to the rest of the league and how those kicks led to, you know, success or not. Mm-hmm. It's I'm I'm gonna work on that, Chad. I'm gonna workshop that. Okay, I'd be curious because I would bet that I mean kickers. I mean, I think as a fan, like there's it's just been such a history here with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd be I like I'm curious what that would be. But on the quick take on the fourth down calls and like the percentages with that, I think that might be skewed because the sample size is probably smaller than other plays. That's, you know that's my hunch, too. I know what you're if saying. If you were saying, like, okay, if if half year, if teams are executing, like, if they're going for it for, for on fourth down every time, those mm-hmm. numbers would probably skew a little lower as far as success rates, I think. Even, I though, think even on, like, shorter yards situations, so. I think you're right, and that's exactly why I want the Vikings to try. Because who else has this scenario with this specific kicking problem in big game scenarios? They're the perfect test case. It would be, I mean, I think it wouldn't. It wouldn't be all that the uh, national outlets would talk about because there's always the Dallas Cowboys, but they would definitely talk about it, and the Vikings would definitely get that national attention and it would be the subject of all of the talk shows i can see it already right <laughs> yeah it's like um it just makes me think of that year when the vikings had the miracle play mm-hmm. and as they were trying to get into field or range they kept on playing like the the missed kicks of the past <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know just like all right they're just they're just sticking you they're just slowly jabbing you with that knife of of uh, calamity in Viking sports history. But then they got like the miracle touchdown. So I was like, Oh, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Exactly. I think there's some point though, where you just got to drop like the, uh, superstition, uh, the bad luck, the curses idea. And just, cause you know, what's going to happen here. This is all set up that the Vikings, when they finally win a super bowl, it's going to come down to a kick. Mm hmm. And they're going to nail it, and then the curse will be over. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think you're right. It's always a weird game that breaks quote unquote curses. I'm just thinking of that that Cubs World Series with the Indians, and I think that was the rain delay, right? 
that was the rain from God that came and oh yeah washed the the sins of the cubs away whatever those may be i'm pretty sure there was a rain <laughs> delay if not yeah. that was a few years ago and you'll forgive my memory so you're right it'll be something weird but it'll happen they'll get there hopefully in my hopefully. lifetime yeah <laughs> i think the last time they were there was the year i was born so oh wow yeah i don't seem to recall that <laughs> <laughs> you were no that's not a strong memory for you no. when you were born and the vikings were in the super bowl no <laughs> fair i just remember fair. a bright light maybe that's it <laughs> <laughs> the shining light of the moment um all right, Chad. So let's pivot to your history as a sports fan. We're kind of touching on a little bit of history of the Vikings kickers, but I want to know more about you personally. My sports history? Your sports history. Who are your teams and why? Well, for people that know me, I think people would just assume that I've always been a Vikings fan when it comes to the NFL, but actually my first NFL team that I followed was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, explain yep so i lived in texas during the early 80s through the 80s pretty much and followed the Vikings. so not the vikings followed the cowboys and so i got to watch you know like some of the greats like um danny white tony dorsett um ed two tall jones uh on the defensive side of the ball so yeah, yeah, even though during the mid to late 80s, they were not doing that great. Um, then they had this running back named Herschel Walker. Heard of him. And in that time, we moved from Texas back to Minnesota, and they traded Herschel Walker, which ended up being the best thing ever for the Cowboys and the worst thing ever for the Minnesota Vikings, where Herschel Walker went. Vikings made a huge trade. I mean, every, everything, if you if you follow the NFL, you know about this trade. So they gave up a lot of picks, a lot of players. And a year after, I think two years afterwards, uh, the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl, which is fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, went on to win Super Bowl three out of four years. There was a back-to-back in there. So, yeah. But it's sports history, too. You know, living in Texas, I got to watch um, – also, another great Nolan Ryan when he pitched for the Houston Astros. Mm. So got to see uh, quite a few of those games as well. But one thing about being a Cowboys fan during that time in the 80s is that I never got to see a Dallas Cowboys home game because of blackout rules at the time. So we were kind of, <clears throat> I don't remember exactly how they worked then, but we were just in that range that was too close you know, to the Dallas Fort Worth area where we couldn't get the home games. They're blacked out. So I only got to watch the team when they went on the road. Isn't that incredible? If there's, yeah, yeah, if there's one disgusting thing about sports and there are many, it's the, the TV rights fights and disagreements and home hometown fans being unable to watch their team in their own market. I think it was, it was last year, the year before where, um, the Dodgers, I can't remember if it was 19 or 20, but they were in the World Series both years, obviously, and mm. the fans couldn't watch them the whole season, one of those years, because the oh, the yeah. city of Los that. Angeles couldn't sort out their TV rights 
for one of the biggest franchises in baseball. It's it's just incredible. When the Cowboys too, I I that's that's actually kind of surprising to hear. I can't even imagine. Yeah, America's team. <laughs> yeah, America's fans being unable to watch America's team, but then I can't imagine it because of all the money hungry people in the space. So that's that's really sad. Yeah, but then we went on the move to Minnesota. You know, then not being really to watch as many Cowboys games, started watching the Vikings, became a fan. So I've been there for um, some of the, I like what the local radio station here calls the calendar of calamity of Minnesota sports. <laughs> um, I did, even though I still live in Texas at that time, I did watch the 1987 championship game. Darren Nelson drops the what should have been a touchdown in the end zone with time running out. I do remember why it left Gary Anderson when they mm. went 15 and one. I do remember 41 donut when they got blown out by the giants. I do remember 12 men in the huddle slash across the body interception when they played new Orleans. And also I think Peterson, Adrian Peterson had like four fumbles in that game. Oof. One crucial one, like where he should have punched it in for a touchdown. Um, and then wide right, which wasn't a championship game, but it was a critical game against, I think it was a wild card game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, it was super cold. I think it was the temps were below zero. And uh, yeah, I think Seattle, this, I think did Seattle go to the Super Bowl that year. I don't recall, they, but they did. Yeah. So I th- I'm pretty sure. Critical game. So, Chad, I was at that game. You were. I was at wide right. It was, God, that had to have been 2012 or 13. The Vikings still had Adrian Peterson. It might have been off of his all-star season, too. No, Year, I, the, that was 20. I know this for, that was 2015. 2015, okay. Because yeah. I went what, to, or 20, January 2016. Because... Yeah. Yeah, we went to with um, some old workmates from our old uh, place where we used to all work at together. Um, but yeah, we went to the last regular season home game at TCF when I think they played the Giants and blew them out. But I thought okay. about going to that that game because I think I remember tickets were there's some really good deals on tickets for that game due to the weather, but. That's exactly what happened. We we looked we looked at ticket prices. They were like $45 for an NFL playoff game. And you're right, Dude. it was cold. It was it was like 10 below, I think 15 below at points. We brought cardboard boxes to put on the metal bleachers so our mm. feet didn't get cold. Wow. But yeah, it was me and my buddies and this was before, you know, I was making decent money and we all just kind of looked at each other and we were like $40 for an NFL playoff game and had to do it. it had to do it and it was so much fun the Vikings they had the Seahawks on the ropes because I don't think Seattle was ready for the weather and they Seattle was the better team that year but Minnesota was playing the better game and I remember they kept um handing it off to Peterson for field position to kill the clock but the Vikings could have had an actual shot at the end zone. I remember thinking that at the time, like I knew what they were doing. They didn't want to give Russell Wilson any time back, but Seattle couldn't move the ball anyway, just because it was so cold. And the Vikings, Peterson you know, they fumbled. Had <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. And then they set up the kick and 
it, it was I've never experienced being a Minnesota sports fan in real time. That was kind of that was my introduction <laughs> to all of the all of the mayhem and the chaos because I remember he misses the kick and the air immediately just died in this it was silence. It was wow. silence. And then I just remember walking through the concourse and just a cacophony of chatter. <laughs> oh, the chatter was like, of course, every time this always happens every year. It was unbelievable. It was, yeah, it was my indoctrination into living in Minnesota and following sports. Awesome. Welcome to the club. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chad. Well, this has been fun. We'll be back next week. We hope you all enjoyed it. And to close the show, we have a segment I like to call Final Fantasy because I like those video games. I like fantasy football. And um, Chad, I know you're not playing this year. Please really quick tell us why. And then I will give our listeners one pick for fantasy football. Yeah, I was just getting burned out on fantasy, honestly. And part of it, too, is just like I noticed I was just always picking up my phone, constantly checking like my scores and like my stats and during a week doing like pickups and trying to do waiver wire pickups and stuff like that. So I just, I, I just need a break. Um, I've, I've done this before. Um, I'll probably come back to it again, but yeah, I just don't really want to put the time into it. So, cause I think I've been pretty successful in the past overall, but yeah, I'm just, just taking a ba- break. I'm a little, little burned out on the fantasy. How are you doing? Well, I respect that. And our listeners do need to know Chad is very good. He's always at or near the top of the standings, um, at least since I've known you. Uh, So I respect your decision to pause, take a minute. And it's not for it's not for lack of talent in fantasy football. (laughs) Um, Me. So honored. (laughs) Yeah. Me. I'm all in this season. I'm coming off. um, back-to-back uh, championships in our league. And this is the first year we decided to play for money, of course, right after I win back-to-back championships. So um, I'm hoping to keep the winning streak alive, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I think, so this is kind of tricky because there's a real chance that people I play with might listen, so I'm not going to give my real. I'm not going to tell you who I'm actually going to pick up. I, we can go over that next week. But I will say... For anyone who may have drafted Josh Allen a little early like I did and might need some streaming help at quarterback this week, um, Daniel Jones, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Daniel Jones is rostered in 20% of leagues. And I think, yeah, so he put up 21 points in week one against the Broncos, by the way. That's pretty respectable given how Mm. the Giants played. It was that last garbage time rushing touchdown. The last week against Washington, a supposedly good defense, 29.46 points. That's pretty good. 95 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He scored a TD in back-to-back games, and they play Atlanta, who officially has the worst defense in the NFL. The Giants are not good. They're not going to be good. But Saquon Barkley has yet to see consistent reps. And I think it might be, you know, and the NFL, it goes in like these three or four game chunks where I think a team can shift after three or four games. They're still within that first three-game threshold. Atlanta's really bad. I think you could do a lot worse than streaming Daniel Jones. But one week only. After that, I would drop him. That's a good pick. He's come through through in the last, his first couple of years, though. I think that's a good choice. I just want to throw one one maybe recommendation out there for a wide receiver if you are stuck for one. 
Um, I would say, is it KJ Osborne? The slot oh, receiver the for the Vikings? Yeah, yeah. or their number three receiver. Yeah, he's he's getting uh, a lot more targets. This is the second season. So, um, yeah, if he's available out there, I would pick him up if you're um, in a jam for a wide receiver. He's a playmaker, man. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Just, yeah, even outside of that long touchdown, you're right. He was he was getting open and making some moves. I like it. All right. Well, that has been Final Fantasy. This has been the Midwest Mountain Sports Report podcast. It is 92121. Thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.